Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. All right, what kind of, what's, what's the name of the series we've been in? Go be church. It's really easy to go be church when you're in church. Not as easy to go be church when you're not in the building. Okay? The other day, I'll give you a prime example. I was in a drive through line, and a guy decided that he was going to say some things about me and to me that did not go over so well with me. And guess what I did? I prayed for him. No, I didn't pray for him, okay? We had words. We had some words back and forth. And you know what? The Holy Spirit, right after he was done, said, you know, you're not going to get a chance to ask for that guy's forgiveness. He's already driven away, and you're probably never going to see him again. What? Never occurred to me. When it's hard to go be church in a world that is doing everything to get you to be something else, okay? Now, so far we've covered two of our seven convictions. Anybody remember what the first one was? Shout it out. I need you talking to me. What? Yeah, we got to capture kingdom heart. And what was the second one, Pastor Sarah? Create kingdom excellence, okay? So we have to capture kingdom heart. What does that mean? It means we have to serve people. It means we have to be servants. Jesus didn't come for pastors and preachers and, and evangelists and all. He came for servants to show us what it means to be a servant. Remember when he knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet? That wasn't just because Jesus liked to wash feet. It wasn't just because one of them had stinky feet and he didn't want him to feel bad. He was showing us what it means to be a servant, including the people who are not going to be servants to us. Right? Because he washed Judas' feet, didn't he? And so we got to capture kingdom heart. Are we going to serve? Then we got to create kingdom excellence. Are we going to do everything we can? Are we going to use our time, our talent, our treasure to the best of our ability to create excellence so that the world around us can meet Jesus? Today, I want to talk about another conviction. Conviction number three. Somebody say conviction three. I'm just making sure you're awake. I need you talking back with me this morning because it's been a long week. Okay? And it's this. We have to carry kingdom value. Okay? Look at somebody and say, you matter to God. That may have been the only time in their life they've heard that. But are you convinced? Are you convinced the guy that I had words with matters to God? He was, he was not happy with me. And instead of showing him the love of Christ, I forgot that he carried value. <laughs> I wasn't super mean. I even, I, I, I even, my daughters were in the vehicle and I even apologized. I was like, guys, I didn't handle that the right way. And they were like, no, you know, he, he, you, you did really good, dad. You could have been way worse. But the Holy Spirit convicted me because these are convictions that we have to live by. So carry kingdom value. I want you to open your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 20 and camp out there for just a second. Uh, I've got a question for you. So I have here a $20 bill and a bottle of water, okay? And so today I want to talk about 
two words that at times we use interchangeably, but in many ways, they are the same. But in our thinking, in the way we think about value, we have to shift a little bit of our thinking and break them up and look at them differently. The two words are this, worth and value. Today's conviction in our series, Go Be Church, is carry kingdom value. Not carry kingdom worth, it's carry kingdom value. Carrying kingdom value is to live my life with the understanding that no matter what, no matter what actions, accusations, or appraisal the world and those in it assign to my life, my value is assigned by Jesus Christ. That, that ought to make you excited. Because that means that nobody can push you down further than you're supposed to be. And Jesus holds you to be pretty valuable. Not just what you're worth. You, in his eyes, you were worth his life. But you're so much more valuable to him. Now, you don't believe me? We're going to get into scripture here in just a minute. I'm going I'm to explain it. So I want to look at the difference. So I have here a bottle of water and a $20 bill to help me explain this. Now, when I talk about worth, the worth of something is generally the cost or the, 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 what, what we can get for it. Okay, so let me ask you this. What is worth more, the $20 bill or the bottle of water? The $20 bill. This is a 10-cent bottle of water from Sam's. That's how, much, that's how much worth we attribute. Now, some of you are like, 10 cents for a bottle of water? Yeah, you can get a case of water from Sam's that's got like 40 bottles in it for $3.98. 10 cents, okay? It's like .9999995. All right, so 10 cents for this bottle of water, and this is worth $20, okay? Everybody understands there's a big difference here in how much these two things are worth. 10 cents, $20. If I asked you which one you wanted right now, and I told you you could only base it on their worth, the majority of you would say $20. Some of you might say the bottle of water just to prove me wrong, I know who you are and you know who you are, but don't ruin my illustration, okay? 10 cents, $20. Now, here's, I wanna talk about now value, okay? Value is used to stress the significance and the importance of a particular item. It's a broad term that encompasses the cost of the item, but also the emotions of the item. For example, my necklace, it has a cost. You could offer me the cost or above the cost for it and I would not sell it to you because its value is more than it's worth to me. Okay, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm trying to draw a distinction between these two words because of the story that we're gonna talk about today. Its worth is one thing. Its value to me is another. I stopped a shoplifter one time and the shoplifter grabbed this necklace, broke the chain, and the medallion went rolling under the, uh, the shelving in the store that I was working at. And I took the shelving apart completely to find it. Now, I could go buy another one, but this one has value to me. Okay? Now, let's go back to our example, the bottle of water and the $20 bill. You're in the desert. 
Let's change the circumstances. You're not sitting in the church where it's nice and air-conditioned and you just had a cup of coffee and you just got up and had breakfast and now you're waiting for church to be over so you can go to lunch. Some of you are like, it's 1146 and he just started preaching. Come on. Okay. I get it. You're in the desert. You've been there for eight hours. No water, no nothing. Trying to find your way out. You look out in the horizon. There's nothing. There's no one. There's nothing to help you. And all of a sudden pops up this this entity that says, I'll give you a bottle of water or a $20 bill. What are you taking then? The water. Because its value in that moment is more to you than the $20 bill. This isn't going to help you. In fact, if you eat this, it's just going to make it worse. Okay? I have a, a, a family member who had a bunch of money that he was taking somewhere and got into a situation where he was out in the freezing cold and he couldn't get a fire started because he was cold. And so the way he chose to get the fire started was he pulled out some of the money and lit it on fire. Now in that moment, it wasn't, the the worth of it didn't matter, it was the value of it. He was going to die. You're in the desert without water, you're going to die. This $20 bill isn't going to matter to you. Today we're going to talk about the difference between worth and value. It isn't just in a water bottle and a $20 bill. You can buy an umbrella every day at Ollie's for five bucks. Right? That un, that, the, the worth of that umbrella is nowhere near the value of it when you're out in the rain. Okay? See, we got to make sure, I, I want you to be sure that you understand what we're talking about today. There are items in our lives that are just extremely valuable. A blanket that was sewn together or crocheted or knit by someone you love who's no longer with you. A, a desk or a table that, that somebody sat at every day. I have a pastor friend who has a chair that belonged to her dad, who belonged to, that belonged to his, his dad and his dad. And this is the chair that they made an altar and they knelt and prayed at their entire lives. There is no amount of money that I could offer my friend for that chair. There's no, it, it, its value is too great. And so the worth of an item tends to stay the same, but the value of that item can fluctuate depending on the person and that item's significance. Now, why do I bring all this up? Well, it's important to make this distinction because many of us live our lives based on the worth that we're assigned by our actions, that others assign to us by accusations, and the world assigns by its appraisal of us. Oh, he's a nobody. He came from nothing. His opinion doesn't matter because of this. And we've been doing this for years, right? We've done this through the color of our skin, the amount of money we have in our pocket, the jobs that we hold, our parents. All around, people are assigning value to us that's simply worth, not value. They're saying that you're worth this, but you have no value. And and I'm here to tell you, Jesus doesn't see things that way. 
So I want to take a look at a familiar story from Scripture that's usually used to express another truth. So Luke chapter 20, where I've already told you to turn, we're going to go ahead and read the Scripture. It says this, chapter 20, verse 45 is where we're starting. Then with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, beware of these teachers of the law. Now Jesus is is in the temple, he's in the temple area, and there's teachers of the law around. Okay, but this is towards the end. Jesus is in the last week of his life. He's been in the last week in the past couple of sermons, and he's got a lot to say in that last week. He's preparing his disciples to be something that they are not yet, the church. And he says to them, don't be like these guys. And I I could just imagine, I want you to see Jesus pointing around. Okay, Jesus was not afraid to point out the issues that, was being, that, that the temple was facing and that the religious institution was facing. It wasn't politically correct, okay? He was just going to lay it out because he was building a different type of kingdom. They were building one kingdom and Jesus came to build another kingdom. And in this kingdom, people, you and I and individuals that nobody cares about carry kingdom value. And these religious leaders were walking around like they didn't. Like it didn't matter who they were or where, anything about them. And so he says, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. And he probably points at a table towards the head of the table and he was like, these are the seats that they love. These are the kind of people that they are. They want the world to look at them and assign a worth that is way up here. The problem is, when we look to the world, all we ever get is what we're worth, not the value that we bring. And so Jesus says this about them. He says in verse 47, he goes a little bit further because Jesus always takes things a little further than most people. He says, yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property. The poorest of the poor, they're cheating out of stuff. And then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. While Jesus was in the temple, it says, it starts chapter 21. It's a weird split of chapters there. I'm not sure that should be a different heading in your Bibles. In my Bible, it's a different heading. And I think they should kind of flow along together. While he was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collections box. Now, I got to give you a little piece here because I need you to understand. I want you to see what's happening. Part of my job is to to make Scripture kind of come alive, and I I need you to see what's happening. We have two offering boxes that go to the same place that that end up in the same spot, okay? Uh, We have a box on this side and a box on this side. That is purely out of convenience for you so that you don't have to come to the other side to drop your envelope in. You can drop it in over here. But in the temple, they had 13 boxes. And these boxes had what looked like trumpets on the end of them. So back in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said that people give and they trumpet their giving, like when they give to the poor so everybody will know about it, he was making a reference to these boxes. 
and they would drop in these large amounts and it would make this sound, right? The larger the, the, larger the, um, the offering, the bigger the sound, right? The heavier it was, the bigger the sound. And so they would, they, he calls them hypocrites back in Matthew chapter 5. He says they come and they trumpet. And so he says that because these boxes look like trumpets on the end. So when they give and when they, when they go and they put some type of worth in that box, they want everybody to hear it and see it and know it. And so Jesus is sitting there and he's sitting towards the end of the 13 boxes and he's watching people give. Now each box had a purpose. The last four were kind of, de- were, were like undesignated offerings for specific things. That sounds like a weird way to say that, but that's kind of the way it was. They weren't like, they weren't like specific to uh, any sacrifice or anything like that. They were, they were for the poor and for the widows and for, the, you know, for different things. And so Jesus is sitting there and he's watching all the people drop their gifts in the collections box. And from the, the back of the temple, he's watching this lady who doesn't look like much. Who has no worth. She's a widow. She's got nobody taking care of her. She has nothing. And she makes her way into the temple. I need you to see this. I need you to imagine this. And she's walking up amongst all the people who are dressed very well, who are bringing their offerings to the temple for everyone to see. And in walks this widow. Everybody knows who she is. They know what she has. They know what she can do. They know her worth. And in that world, ladies and gentlemen, her worth was nothing. And she walks in from the back of the temple. Jesus, I just can imagine him getting excited as he sees her come in. I'm about to drop a truth bomb. Y'all don't read scripture the way I do, do you? (laughs) The lady walks up to the front. She makes her way to one of the boxes and she drops in what would be the equivalent of a fraction of a cent. She's got two of them. Okay? Okay. It's 1% of a day's wages in their world. 1% of a day's wages. And she takes, she's got, two, she's, she's got two what they call mites. And she walks in and scripture says that she drops those into the box. Verse 3 says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow is given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now, this isn't a message about offering today, okay? This isn't about giving. This is about worth versus value. Those two coins were worth nothing, okay? They had very little worth to them at all. But Jesus saw this lady who also in her world was worth nothing come to the front and, he be, and inside of him there, there began to well up this, this appreciation for the value that she was bringing. She gave everything that she had because she understood the value of those two coins wasn't about how much they were worth. It was about obedience, 
And so she walks up to the front, she drops the coins in, and in that moment, Jesus uses it. So this is both a scathing rebuke of the religious leaders and those giving, and a beautiful moment. It's a great picture of something Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that I just talked about. Talked about when you give, don't give like the hypocrites do. This lady gave everything and she didn't expect anybody to say anything or look at her or watch her. In fact, she was probably trying not to be noticed. Okay? It's like the person, you know, we used to pass plates. It's like the person making change in the plate. You don't want to be noticed. Y'all missed a great opportunity to laugh right there. I'm disappointed. When Jesus talked about hypocrites, he gave the connotation of those wearing masks to make themselves look better. And this is back in Matthew chapter 6, what we talked about earlier. When we wear masks and give so that we can find our worth from the accolades of others, and we're not, we're not carrying kingdom value. There are some incredible reminders in these verses that will help us go be church by carrying kingdom value. The first is this. Carrying kingdom value is not thinking too much of, your, of ourselves. When we talk about the fact that God sees value in us and that we're valuable, sometimes we get to this place where we're like, yeah, but no, 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 no. This widow had very little to offer, yet Jesus saw an incredible value in her. The religious leaders who were uh, seeking recognition and elevating themselves above others were in a spiritually dangerous place. In fact, Jesus tells a story about a landowner who goes out and finds people to work for him. And all throughout the day, he's finding people in the morning, about 9, about 12, about 3, and then about 5. He's getting people to work for him. And this landowner calls them in at the end of the day and he pays them all the same amount of money. Which is kind of crazy because many of us have, either we, we, we still work hourly or we have worked hourly. We understand what that means. And you think, man, I'm gonna, if I work more hours, I'm going to make more money. But what happened was is the guys who worked the least amount of hours got the same amount of money as the guys who worked the most amount of hours. And guess who wasn't happy about it? the guys who work the most amount of hours, right? But the landowner that Jesus was telling the story about saw the value of their work. Jesus sees value in you that the world will never assign to you. You might think, man, I can't do anything. I'm nothing. I'm here to tell you that just because the world has told you that does not mean that that is the life, that is the thing that Jesus sees. You carry value. You matter. And everybody you interact with matters. If we're ever going to go be church, we've got to get this right. We have to get this right. From the youngest to the oldest, this is the one thing that if we're going to be the church, we've got to get right. Jesus got this right. Everywhere he goes, he's valuing people. He understands what they bring, even the ones that didn't necessarily want to follow him. This lady's a prime example of that. Jesus sees something that no one else sees. And this lady who the world appraised as nobody, as nothing, 
we're standing here today talking about this is how we have to be the church. Not just her example, but the way Jesus saw her. As I was preparing for this and praying about this, the one thing the Holy Spirit laid on my heart was that there are people who think they have nothing to offer. That there are people in this room who believe they have nothing to offer the kingdom of God. And I believe Jesus is saying to you today, you got more than you could ever imagine. It isn't about thinking too much of ourselves. It's about understanding that Jesus knows our worth and more importantly, He values us. The second truth that we can pull from this is that carrying kingdom value is about about divine appraisal, not the world's appraisal. To the religious leaders and those around her, this widow was nothing, had nothing to offer. But Jesus didn't just see her worth, he saw her value. With all these people around and all the opportunity Jesus had to point to people and say, look at how much they're giving, look at what they're doing, look at how much they bring to the kingdom of God. He points out a lady who brought, who brought almost nothing and elevates her because of the value that she brought. I wonder if the disciples... I wonder if any time they were in the temple, they thought about this lady. Every time they heard a coin hit the bottom of that box, every time they watched somebody trumpet themselves, if they didn't think about this widow, every time they walked past someone who needed something from Jesus that they could bring, if they didn't think, you know what, this person has value. Every time they were put down, if they didn't think, I've got value. They walked around and they carried that value with them and it changed the world. No matter what you're giving, the spirit of giving determines the value of the gift more than the amount. Again, we're not talking about money. We've been talking about time, talent, and treasure Every ounce of time you give is valuable to the kingdom, even if it's just a little bit. Every talent you use is important to the kingdom and it's valuable to the kingdom of God. It's important that we do these things, that we use these things, that when we go be church out in the world, we understand that we're carrying kingdom value into a world that needs Jesus. God doesn't value something only by the worth of the thing. We matter to Him. We carry value because we are His. We're important to Him, not for what we can do for Him, but because of what He's done for us. If you don't believe me, I want you to listen to some of these verses as the the worship team comes. Scripture does better to express this than I ever could. Psalms 139 verses 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
you carry kingdom value. That small act of kindness that you do carries kingdom value. That person that you can't relate to, they carry kingdom value. The widow walked in and I don't think she understood what was going to happen in that moment and she may never have. But Jesus used her as an example and someone that the world looked at that had nothing to offer offered the kingdom something, an example of what it means to carry kingdom value. An example of what it means to go be church. Let's keep reading Matthew chapter 10. I told you I was going to read you some verses. It says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God's prepared in advance for us to do. On and on and on. Romans 8.37-39, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Scripture goes on and on and on about the value that you carry. No matter what the world says, no matter what position the world has put you in, no matter what worth they have attributed to you. Maybe you came from a family that love was something given sparingly. Maybe someone has told you you're nothing and you're going to amount to nothing. Maybe you think what you can give to the kingdom doesn't amount to what somebody else can and you just compare constantly. If we're ever going to go be church, we're going to have to understand that we carry value because Jesus sees something in us that the world doesn't. Just bow your heads and close your eyes all across the room. just want to have a personal moment with Jesus. You're valuable. The people around you are valuable in the kingdom. So much so that Jesus didn't just go to the cross. He didn't just die on the cross. He was beaten. He lived a life where he was looked at 
is crazy. Always trying to be, he was always hunted. Yet he knows the value that you hold. You carry kingdom value. And whatever the world is accusing you of, whatever actions they're basing their appraisal on of you, whatever circumstances you found yourself in that the world has said to you, you don't matter. I'm here to tell you Jesus sees something different. This lady becomes an example for the church of Jesus Christ and how they should give. And that's the point of this story. But when you dig a little deeper and you see what Jesus saw, you dig a little deeper and you you, you look at it through the eyes of Christ. We see that a lady, this lady, who the world said was worth nothing, became immensely valuable to the kingdom of God. I wonder if you're in the room and you feel like you're worth nothing today. Like you have little to offer the world has appraised you and that appraisal has come back. Low and of little worth. I just read five or six scriptures to you that shows you and tells you that God sees something different. Because you carry kingdom value. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I simply want to ask this today. Are you here and you feel like you're of little worth? Has the world appraised you and said, you don't matter? But today as you hear this, and you, you see how Jesus saw the widow. You would say, I want to begin to live as someone who carries that value. I need Jesus today to lift me out of what the world says into what he sees. That's the first call. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I need that today. I've, got, I've had moments where I feel worthless. The world has made me feel worthless. I got you. I got you. Jesus, you know the hearts of every person in this place. And Father, I just pray that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would lift them up out of that. And that Jesus, that they would recognize they carry kingdom value. 
that what they have to offer is so much more than what the world has told them. And that Jesus, you see them so differently than the world because they carry value. Second thing is this, heads bowed and eyes closed still. You and Jesus, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Maybe you're not the widow in the story. (laughs) Maybe you're the religious leaders. who can't see the value in others and that they carry kingdom value. And if you think about your life, you think about even the last week, you would say, I need the Holy Spirit to remind me of people's value. Because I found myself in situations where I need to see people differently. I need to help them move out of this idea of what the world tells them they're worth and help them to see their value in Jesus Christ by treating them the way Jesus would treat them, by loving them the way he would love them. And you would say, you know what, as I look at my life, there are some people and some situations where I haven't saw the value that God places on those people. And today I want to just say, Jesus, forgive me and help me to see through your eyes. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Anybody else? I want to see the value Jesus sees in people. It's a dangerous prayer. All right, you can open your eyes. Look at me. This is dangerous because when you begin to see people the way Jesus sees them, you got to treat them the way Jesus would treat them. You got to act like they carry value and that you carry value. I'm here to tell you, we don't get this sometimes that we can walk around with some authority in our lives and with knowing that Jesus sees greatness in us and wants to use us for his kingdom in mighty ways. All it took was two mites, and Jesus was able to use this lady, and she just gave it willingly. Her value was so much more than the worth assigned to her. I don't know who it is in your life that lives based on the worth that's been assigned to them, but I wonder if you'll begin to value them the way Jesus does and yourself the way Jesus does. Heavenly Father, we pray a dangerous prayer. Help us to go be church and to carry kingdom value today. Not just in ourselves, but to see it in other people. Father, that we would see the kingdom value in that person that we can't stand. That we would see the kingdom value in that person, Lord God, who is, who is maybe down, in the, down right now, Father that we would see the kingdom value in the cashier and the the guy driving beside us, Lord. That when we say we're going to go be church, Jesus, that one of the first things we do is to begin to look at people the way you look at them. Father, that we would see 
those that the world has said are nothing through your eyes. That, Father, that we would become examples, Jesus, of what it means to carry kingdom value. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.